0: Teacher, what style that? is that? Oh, of Penitentiary scars, porn stars, stolen cars. What you wanna be—a gangster or a gang Make your mind up before your time's up. Ooh-hoo-hoo. Stop playing, Daz Dillinger. Run the streets. Ooh-hoo. Y'all don't even know that song, man. Stop playing, blood. You don't even listen to West Coast rhymes. Now, I mean, y'all don't even really listen to the dudes we got out here with, Mad Butters. Thank you for listening to FarSideTV.com. You are locked into Side Life Radio. And as always, who am I? Thank you for asking. I am your host, Adisa the Bishop, aka the blah, 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 Dragon of the West Side, aka Zeto aka the South Bay Shogun, Shogun, Shogun. A.K.A. the Iron Hook Assassin. A.K.A. the Black Cortez Killer. Ain't nobody triller than me, homeboys and girls. Bishop Chronicles is the world's first, first podcast dedicated to giving you West Coast perspectives on hip-hop, health, and fitness trends. Understand, ain't nobody out there lacing your cranium with this here vibranium. Sprinkle it, sprinkle it on, sprinkle some more on that vibranium, I mean that cranium. Like a decent bishop. So you can be down now or you can bow down later because the West Coast, OGs, oh we stay greater. If this is your first time listening, understand that this may not be the best thing. Uh, but a show nuff is the West thing. Uh, but a show nuff is the West thing. Uh, but a show nuff, show nuff, show nuff, show nuff, show nuff is the West thing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Please do me a favor. You know what I'm going to ask you to do? Subscribe. Hit that button. Boop. Subscribe. You know what I'm saying? On where? iTunes, Mixcloud, YouTube. You know what I'm saying? Spotify, Libsyn. You know what I mean? Come on now. Subscribe. You know you like the show, blood. Stop playing. I really want to thank hella people right now. You know what I'm saying? Much love for that last show. Is Hip Hop Anti Cop? word i want to thank all the people who shared it reposted it on ig and facebook yo saluting you with the w that's what i do right now grateful for real for real the show is growing and it's growing because of you i appreciate y'all every time i tell you yo repost you know what i'm saying give me some shine on there Yeah, you know I mean, leaving the comments on itunes i see them i see them and i'm grateful you know what i'm saying And I appreciate you passing the show on. You know what I mean? So... Maybe you passed on that 93 till with my man, you know what I'm saying, Shamari Smith. Maybe you passed on, you know what I'm saying, this is hip hop anti-cop, you know what I mean? Maybe you passed on the uh Nipsey Hussle episode, you know what I'm saying? Or that or that or that or that Tupac and Machiavelli episode. That coronavirus is still taking hella people out, you know what I'm saying? Or the Juice World, Jamie Kilstein, you know what I'm saying? Rizza. Come on, man. Come on. We got, man, man, 118, 19, 20 shows of straight. West Coast intellectual fire flame. Nah, I mean. So thank you, all of you in the BCP Army. We growing. Ooh, Ooh. So now we move into the heartbeat props. Heartbeat props when we give props to the living, to the living, to the true and living, right? And we give our gratitude, we give our thanks to people who are alive today. So we don't be at their funeral giving them props that we wouldn't give them right now, because we can do it right now. Don't wait till they die. You feel me? Shout out right now to at Kevy Kev Cool Breeze at kevy kev cool breeze on instagram listen every day at 7 p.m he got an ill live stream you need to get involved and observe a master doing his work if you have any knowledge of bay area hip-hop if you got knowledge of hip-hop you ain't even got to be the bay but especially if you are from the bay come on man kevy kev bro are you kidding me members only stanford know what I mean? ROTC, know what I mean? Chess, good lord. Kevy Kev was whooping fools in chess long before HHCF. Merking. Plus, I mean, my man is like mad super scientifical, like he knows things, I can't even tell you some of the things he knows, you know what I'm saying? Because he don't want you to know he got that kind of knowledge, so I'm going to keep that But Kev, I see you. Follow Kev. At Lee Underscore sevenson. At Lee L E E. Underscore Sevenson. Yo, my man has been loving the podcast, reposting, and and giving love. And and he wrote a dope haiku last week. I saw it, dog. I saw that haiku. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. Liquid freshness. And finally resin here. Know what I mean? Yo, yo, follow my man for mad positivity, dope musicality, and, and universal kindness. I appreciate all of y'all. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate all of y'all. You know what I mean? You, you lifted my spirits this week and I have sincere gratitude for all of you. And those are my heartbeat props. Your task is to choose three people, call them for five minutes and tell them why. You got love for them. Thank them for what they've done. Show them specifically things that are unique to them that you appreciate. Five minutes. Don't text. Call. Let them hear it. Let them hear the tone. Give them the gratitude. Heartbeat props. And now you know what it's time for. It is time for the West Coast Word of the Week. West Coast Word of the Week brought to you this week by the streets. We don't play. We slay. The reason we do West Side Word of the Week is to keep you involved in understanding how the West Coast rocks, kids. You know what I'm saying? Um, slang. You get here, you want to sound like you're already in the mix. You don't want to be like, you know what I'm saying, talking stupid. Not like you don't really know what it what it what is, it, what it is, you know what I'm saying? West Side Word of the Week. Blapping. 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 Something that blaps is just a dope track. Something that bangs. You know what I'm saying? Something that's like coming up out the cars. Mm-hmm, 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 that was hella old school, huh? I don't even think people make beats like that no more. But it's like, hey, man, you heard that new Andre Nicotina? Pfft, fool. That album blasts. You know what I mean? And now you know. And knowing is half the battle. West Coast Word of the Week. Brought to you by the streets. Knick-knack, Patty whack and from there, we're going to float and moonwalk over into this haiku. A haiku is a Japanese poem of three lines. First lines, five syllables. Second line, seven syllables. Last, five. Five, seven, five. And I do one every week. I love doing these. They don't have to rhyme, although most of mine do. Three lines, five, seven, five. This one is dedicated to my yoga practice, this is dedicated to yoga, the art of yoga. Yoga's beautiful man. It's been getting me through. I do it every day, every day. On YouTube, there's this little young lady, uh, Adrian, you know what I'm saying? She's got like a thirty day yoga thing on there she she she's from Texas or something, but she she's dope and 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 she uh has a very fresh uh, dope way of teaching yoga, which I've done on and off for hell of years. And I enjoy, uh, learning and doing it right. And I'm getting a lot of benefits from it. Like I'm at peace. My body is more flexible. I can feel healing happening because I do a lot of jujitsu and, uh, you know, the wear and tear on the back, knees, shoulders, you know, it gets intense, but, um uh, getting back into my yogic self has been fantastic and so this is dedicated to yoga three lines five seven five mike cannot yo man you know what i like is that sitar bro bring it back word here we go movement and stillness breathing from a place of peace tranquilities here Ooh. are you with me let's hear it one more time <clears throat> <clears throat> movement and stillness breathing from a place of peace tranquilities here word man that a haiku. If you make some, write some, like some, send them to me at Bishop Chronicles on IG. You know what I'm saying? I love haikus. I want to see yours. Um, now it is time for the chess and life strategy moment. You know, sometimes I go extra deep. These last two shows especially, I've gone a little deep. This one's going to be really easy. I've been posting... Puzzles. A chess puzzle is like when you show a position, you're like, well, where's checkmate? You know what I'm saying? And um, I'm loving doing it. And one of the reasons why chess puzzles are important is because it helps you see through the traffic. Right. Like, yes, there's a knight and a bishop in the way. And yes, this pawn is attacking, you know, your queen or whatever. But there's a checkmate available. Why are the chess puzzles? And there's all kinds of different kinds of chess puzzles. I'm specifically talking about the checkmate in one chess puzzles. But doing these chess puzzles will help your clarity on the board, right? But what's the ultimate lesson from the puzzles? Is that you don't lose yourself in trading pieces. And you don't lose yourself in taking your opponent's pieces. Lose yourself in taking the king down. Lose yourself in killing the king and achieving that checkmate, right? All those pieces, they're in your way. Those are distractions. Where's the win? But I can take his queen. Where's the win? But I want to take all his pieces before I kill him. Where's the win? Stay focused. Download an app of puzzles, man. I'm telling you, you have no idea how quickly that will help your game. And so I told you guys I've been working on this thing, like doing a, a book a week. I'm, I'm a little late. I'm, I'm still doing my Desmond Tutu book. I got a little scattered. I was reading for, the Book of Forgiving by Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Absolutely must read book, especially in these times. Okay? For emotional and mental health, you need the Book of Forgiving by Archbishop Desmond Tutu. If you're like, oh, I don't know that name. Listen. In South Africa, there's two main people in the game, right, whose legacy is going to stand forever. Nelson Mandela and Archbishop Desmond Tutu. You've got to read that book. You've got to read that book. Anyway, uh, last week, working on the cop stuff. Um, and just a straight up lack of discipline, if I'm being honest with you. I probably could have finished it. Um, but I'm gonna jump into it, and I and I'll give you better clarity on it next week. But it's it's a fantastic book, you know what I'm saying? Um, what are y'all reading right now? Message me at Bishop Chronicles. Tell me what you're reading. What's hot? And now I'm gonna talk about Takashi Six Nine and the Science of Snitching. You know, here's a guy who just you know got out, popping off crazy, gets on. IG has like two million people watch him on his live, and then people figure out where he leave, and then he got where he lives. You know what I'm saying? And then he got to move, um, and it's really interesting to see how many people are angry at this dude. It's also hilarious to me, like how many people get clout and 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 get credibility for commenting on six nine when they themselves are not gangsters, when they when they when they have no history with the streets, and you know, dudes would be up. Like, yeah, I love Takashi. Gets props. Oh, hey, Takashi Gets props. What are you talking about? You have nothing to do with hip hop or the streets. And they're not necessarily connected. Although sometimes they are. And what there really seems to be is a lot of jealousy around his overall success as a rapper. Right? So, you know, I'm not saying that he's cool. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying a lot of the hate just seems to be around his success as a rapper. And jealousy around his success. And people just keep running the same old game. Bro, snitches get stitches. Uh, you know what I'm saying? you going to get it, son. Uh, Whatever. And you know what, man? You know what? You know what? You know what? Stop over overdoing it, bro. Stop overdoing it. Hella snitches are all over the streets every day. Some of your favorite people are snitches. And you don't even know it because they snitches. But the other reality is that a lot of snitches are, you know what I'm saying, they did okay in in, in the world. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the science of snitching. Like, let's look at Exhibit A. Nikki Barnes. See, a lot of you forget that, like, being a gangster was a real thing before the Internet. And it wasn't done for clout. It was done for keeps by real killers. And at least in the Italian mob, they had a thing called Omerta, which I'm forgetting exactly what it means in terms of uh, Italian. My, my Italian is not that good, but it means shut your ass up, bro, and don't say nothing. And so Nicky Barnes, a black man, gets his crew together, you know what I'm saying, and starts moving heroin and creates an Empire. For the record, I am not co-signing drug dealing at all. I'm just saying, in what he was doing, he was great at it. You know, one of the things is that, you know, he had unusual hookups. And I still don't understand whether his hookups were, like, heavy Italian cats that he never really spoke on. Or, like, I know, and it's not, like, me having insight, like, you know, when people talk about it. Like, he seemed to have a direct cut in Cambodia or Thailand to get the heroin and they were taking this is gross man and so disrespectful they were taking kilos and stuffing them inside the bodies of American soldiers during the Vietnam War and then when they would land there'd be somebody there to take the kilos out of the soldiers isn't that I mean that's some dark sick Twisted other level, right? And 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 Nikki Barnes people killed a lot of competitors. Black competitors. Got rubbed out, murked, okay? And then um, you know, like a lot of silly people, he got caught up in the fame, was on the cover like Rolling Stone or the New York Times or something. And it began the beginning of the end, right? So, feds roll up, start locking fools down, whatever. Bruh, Nikki Barnes snitched on his whole crew and walked. Walked. The man walked. I encourage all of you to watch a documentary that I think I saw on Hulu, but it might have been Netflix, and it was called Untouchable. I think it was made by Dame Dash. Did Dame Dash have something to do with that, Mike? I think so. I think it was I think it was Dame. Anyway, in that documentary, he says something along the lines of, hey, you know what? I don't care about the people uh who I snitched on. And I'll tell you what, no matter what you say about me, at the end of the day, I'ma die free and you gonna die in jail. People who murdered for him, put in work, moved hella weight, you know what I'm saying? So Snitching, don't tell me that snitching don't pay. Exhibit B, Sammy the Bull Gravano. Hmm? Sammy the Bull. I mean, he's like the original archetype of the classic snitch, you know. Meaning, like, we do crime together, then you get caught and you tell on me. That's the old school snitching outline right there. We do a crime, you get caught, and then you say my name when you shouldn't say my name. Sammy the Bull did exactly that. At the height of the mob killing the game in New York in 1991, it says Sammy Gravano Turned informer in 1991, he nailed 39 mobsters and landed Gambino boss John Gotti in federal prison for life. Despite admitting to 19 murders, his searing insider testimony earned him a sweetheart deal with the government. That is hard time, hardcore snitching. By any and all standards. But it gets deeper. People forget what happened to Sammy the Bull. Well, let me tell you. In the late 90s, Sammy the Bull relocated to Tempe, Arizona, under the name John Morin, And he was supposed to be, you know, he had a little bit of reconstructive surgery, but he basically looked the same. Uh, And he had a construction company. And he got into dealing ecstasy. He's like a pioneer of dealing ecstasy in Arizona. And what he did is he had enforcers that were an army of skinheads. That's the only reason I really learned about Sammy the Bull. Because I followed national skinhead gang movement. For a long time. It was just a hobby of mine. I'm weird. And so he had a gang called the Devil Dogs and the Devil Dogs um, were ran by this guy named Mike Papa. And Mike Papa ends up working for Gravano in Tempe, Arizona. And under the brutal beating of some people, because the Devil Dogs used to mop dudes, white, black, etc., Sammy the Bull got caught again. And I think he just got out of jail for that second arrest. But even still, even in that, I think he kind of got over in certain ways. I think one of the articles I read kind of joked that he was the only mobster with a press agent. You know what I'm saying? But he made a lot of money. He kept a lot of money. And he snitched in the classic sense. But now, let me bring this back to hip-hop. Let me bring this back to hip-hop. And I don't, I don't, I don't say what I'm saying to condemn anybody. Because I don't care. Everybody's got to live their own life, truly. Remember when uh, T.I.'s boy got shot up? I think it happened in Cincinnati. And he had a really good friend named... I, I always say this guy's name. I think it's Filant Johnson... He got shot up on the tour bus by a guy named Hosea Thomas. And T.I. was in court testifying about what happened that night. And nobody ever said T.I. was a snitch for that. Why is there a double standard? I'm not saying T.I. is a snitch. I'm asking the question, why? Now, if you go on the Internet and you put up rapper testifies in court, there's all kinds of stuff that pops up. It's not just Takashi. That's my point. And what I'm saying is how come a lot of your favorite rappers who have spoken up in court in different situations, you know what I'm saying? Nobody cares, but it's good. It's good. Okay. And understand again, I'm not giving 6ix9ine a pass. I'm just trying to say that the logic for the overwhelming hate on him for testifying, that's not right to me. It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me, right? Because let's just keep it 100, man. Let's keep it 1,000. Or a number that I made up on my own. Let's keep it 1 trillion. Half y'all talking about you would never snitch, bro. You're not even really gangsters. I'm not a gangster. But I know codes. And Giuliani, you know what I'm saying? Like, he made the RICO laws. Look those up. I'm not doing it today. I'm not giving you all the gems. You got to do homework. He made the RICO laws to break the mob. Right? The RICO laws were meant to break the mob, and they worked. Rudy Giuliani created the RICO laws to break the mob, and it worked. That was the beginning of the unspinning of the Omerta way of, of being, okay? But, you know, let's, let's just look past the RICO laws, man. Look, I told you, I used to be a security guard at John O'Connell, you know what I'm saying, on 19th and Folsom, and, you know... uh, If you read my book, Bobby Bruce in the Bronx, you already know, man, there was female drug dealers in there. You know what I'm saying? Young girls just moving ecstasy. There was there was there was gunplay. You know what I'm saying? Like when you pop the locker open and there's a handgun and, you know, a a, a revolver with loose bullets at the bottom of the uh, at the bottom of the locker. Right. One time a kid had an AR up in there. But he wasn't like those white shooters. He was, he was on some gang stuff. Um, a lot of the times we figured stuff out by just offering dudes burritos. Not even kidding. Let me, give you, let me give you an example. Look, Jimmy, we know that you know that somebody got a gun on this campus. Man, I don't know nothing about it. Jimmy, stop playing. We know that you know. I ain't no snitch, nigga. I ain't no snitch, nigga. Okay, relax. Here's what I'm saying, bro. If somebody gets killed in here because you didn't say where the AR is, you going to jail, bro. That ain't even me. That's just how the law works. So, I've also noticed every time it's at lunch, you be eating a bag of chips and you don't really have a sandwich. So how about this? Next week, All beef burritos from 25th and Mission. I got you. But we need to know where the AR is and who brought it in. (sighs) Bruh, just tell us what's up, man. We don't want nobody to die, and I don't want you to go to jail for nothing. All right, man. He got it, right? He got it. Okay? It's on the fourth floor at the end of the hallway. Right by that one room? Yes, right by that one room. You know what I'm saying? There's a locker with no lock on it and the AR is in there. Boop! Burritos. And that might sound funny to you, but you know what the other reality is? People been doing snitching for burritos, t-shirts, all kind of stuff for a long time. There's dudes right now listening to this that snitched for way less than what Takashi got. And they still talking about him. Y'all talking about him. You know, I did another show on Takashi and what I said was that the real mistake of Takashi's whole situation with the gang was the gang. What do I mean? Look at Takashi, bro. This rainbow colored goofball. He's not like a thug. He might have some street in him. He might not be on cutting somebody or pulling the trigger, but that's anybody. You know what I'm saying? Look at all these nerds who clap people all the time. You ain't got to be ragged up, you know what I'm saying, throwing gang signs, bro. Nerds will clap you. Cowards will clap you. Cowards will stab you. You know what I'm saying? Like, all kind of stuff happens. So we don't have to pretend that the people who do these acts are all warriors with, you know, cold-hearted steel. And whatever. No, bro. Takashi was a dude who was just trying to come up. He was hanging out with real dudes, real gangsters, real killers, right? And their mistake was doing business around him, showing off around him, teaching them how their organization works, knowing that he wasn't cut from that cloth. That was the mistake. His mistake was pretending to be a a street dude, but that's 99.9% of hip hop. Y'all still give love to Rick Ross, and he was a C.O., a CO. So to me, the problem is that, you know, they made the violation initially and that violation was doing business in and around somebody who shouldn't have known how business was done by them. Even if they were going to work with him and invest in him and, you know, you know, skim money from him because he does stuff and be his enforcers. That was all fine. You don't tell him nothing. Look, I'm not a Gangster. I ain't a killer, but don't push me. Y'all know what it is. But what I'm saying is, there's certain people you don't say certain things around. And you know it. You know what you can't say. When I was a youngster, there was some people doing some wild stuff around me. You know what they did? Yo, hey, go in that room real quick. Okay. I go in there. Sit down. Give that fool some pizza and uh, some popcorn and a beverage. And then all kinds of stuff went down. Then later I found out what was really popping. And they were right because I was young and dumb and I probably would have told. Yeah, they had the thing and I didn't know what it was. That's all 6ix9ine did. He did what my nine-year-old self would have done. Let me be clear. If me and you rob a bank together, not that I would... In the middle of a depression. Not that I would. But if me and you rob a bank together and you get caught, don't say my name. Don't say my name. That's snitching in the classical sense. Right? Come on, blood, You didn't see me. You don't know where I went. You don't even know I exist. But if I rob a bank on my own and then I come by your house and I sprinkle twenty grand on you. But on the way out, I slap your girl. I kick your dog down the stairs. You know what I'm saying? And I stab an old lady on the way out. When the cops show up, do you have an obligation to not speak on me? Do you have an obligation? Would it be snitching if you was like, hey, blood, I, the dude came through. He left 20 racks on my couch, but then he went in, hey, yo. It was D's, bruh. I think they call him the black dragon of the West. Also known as the Black Cortez Killer? Hmm? zatoichi He's got a couple of nicknames. I don't know. Remember, people be like, oh, he was just mad because they was boning his girl. People bone somebody's girl all the time. Facts. But it was deeper than that. You know what I'm saying? Like, these dudes was beating on him. They was taking money up out of his house. They was making him think that they were going to kill him. They were, uh... You know, it was rowdy, man. Their whole relationship was predatory. This wasn't like they was doing crimes together. They was assaulting this dude. They were threatening this dude. They were beating on this dude. They was robbing this dude. They was punking this dude. And he was tired of it. Remember, he heard tapes of them saying that they were going to kill him. What does he owe those dudes? What do you owe anybody who is actively trying to kill you? What do you owe them? Everybody's got to figure out what what they're down for. Now me, I'm going to just be really, really, really real with you. I'm a chill person. I don't, you know what I'm saying? Y'all know me, man. Y'all know me. I love hip-hop. I am not a gangster. But if you're around hip-hop long enough, you end up, Know on some street people, and you, you might end up being in some street-type situations, depending on the way that your life goes. Because hip-hop comes from the streets. I keeps it nonviolent by design. but I wasn't always like this. And anybody who really knows me knows that I wasn't like this for a long time. I've been about nonviolence for a long time now, you know, about half my life, but when I was younger, People know what's up. Now people go, oh, was he a gangster or that? Just know that I wasn't a person who was beyond violence. My point is simply this. I worked so hard at being nonviolent. I worked so hard at not fighting. I worked so hard at not having any drama with anybody. Anybody. But if you make me fight you, if you make me fight you, for real, if you, if you reveal yourself as an open enemy to me, I reserve the right to do whatever I want. So you might say, oh, uh, here comes Deez's hand-to-hand uh, jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe jiu-jitsu is the least of your worries because you don't really know me and you don't know the people I roll with and you don't know that I don't care about who I roll with. people do what they want to do when you provoke them. I don't really know how anybody could think that he was supposed to be loyal to people who were beating on him, taking his money and boning his lady. Who would be loyal to that? The real question is, what did what 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 did the gang do to give him a reason to not snitch? That wasn't a threat. Like, was he sitting on so much money? Or did he realize, I don't even need these fools. I could, I could go get another deal. I don't need these dudes. Plus, I don't have to have a black eye every week. Seriously. He's not a big guy. You know he was getting mopped. So what is my real point? What is the science of snitching? Come here, lean into the speaker so I can tell you. There is no science to snitching. Snitch is snitch. If you're going to hate 6ix9ine, the reason you hate him is because of the stuff with him and the runaway girl. Yeah, that's why you hate him. That's why you don't do business with him. That's why you see how he gave two hundred grand to some, like, uh, org that feeds people, and they gave the money back. And they said, hey, 6ix9ine. While we appreciate your offering, we actually need to reject this because we need to do business and take donations from people who align with our values and 6ix9ine doesn't align with our values. And I bet most of y'all really thought that was about uh, snitching. Oh, see, even they don't like snitches. No, that's not it. It's because this dude was caught up with having some underage girl at a party and posting a video of her and whatnot. And if you're going to hate him, and I'm not mad at you if you do, but hate him for that. Hate him for that. And now, you know what, man? I almost forgot. Remember how I've been reading some of the lost stories from the book that was never made by me, DJ Vlad, and cool Kyle, also known as Kyle Canfield? I have another story. Last week I read LL Cool J. Before that, I read a story by Guru from Gangstar on the show with Shamari Smith. I'm going to read a story to you by Chuck D that you ain't never heard before. All of this stuff is exclusive. Boy, stop playing. So this is Chuck D. This, 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 This piece is called The Show. You don't know this story. He ain't never told you this story. I'm telling you this story that Chuck told. You know what I mean? Here we go. If you don't know who Chuck D is, look up Public Enemy. They're probably the greatest rap group of all time. One night, we were throwing a gig at this roller rink on the borderline of Nassau County and Queens. I originally had this group called the Master Dawn Committee scheduled to be at the show, but we couldn't get in touch with them the night of the gig. Then someone suggested... You have LL Cool J's number. Why don't you give him a call? We had gotten LL's telephone number from him earlier that year when we checked out his performance, but I didn't know if I should call him because he didn't know me from a can of paint. After a while, I called his house and he actually answered the phone. I said, do you think you could come down to this roller rink and perform? He said, yeah, I'll be there. I was amazed that I was talking to him. I was thinking, damn, is it that easy to get him? The people were waiting for the Mastodon Committee to come on because we had built them up through the flyers. They never showed. But this 17-year-old kid walked in with his blue jacket, the same blue jacket that he wore on the back of his album cover. It was LL Cool J. And he asked, so what do you want me to do? I said, just get on the stage and just be here. He went on stage and we had him be a judge at a rap contest. Just the fact of him being there wiped away all the other shit about the Master Dawn committee not being there. Dr. Dre, D R E, who was the host of Yo M T V raps, not 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 West Coast Dr. Dre. You know what I'm saying? Dr. Dre was on the turntables, and after the rap contest, Ella went to the DJ booth and started freestyling. He ripped into this unbelievable freestyle that defied all gravity and put his hand on the turntable and stopped the record and said, we don't need music. Everybody looked in shock and amazement. Everybody. Flavor Flav was like, get this boy a rag, he having a seizure. He was losing it. He was just killing it. He saved the gig and saved my promotional life. I promoted the gig, went out the back door with my money and my girl. I said to myself, I don't know how I'm going to pay him back. But LL, I owe you one. Chuck D, Public Enemy. Stop playing. You don't know that show. You don't know that story. You don't know nothing about P.E. You don't know nothing about Cool J. Unless you listen to the Chronicles, boy. I'm telling you I got a ton of these stories from Chicken Soup for the Hip Hop Soul, the dopest book you never read. Next week I'm going to do it again. And so in closing, I always got to give you a health tip. Now last week what I told you, I told you that you're your own doctor, right? Right? That you got to stay out of the hospital so you don't, you know, mess around, have to go to the, to, the, to, the, to, the, to the hospital for like a sprained knee or a sprained shoulder and end up getting corona, right? We trying to stay alive, like for real, like I'm not playing, right? So, okay, so you're the doctor, right? Listen to that section from last week's show, okay? But here's the other reality. You're also your own dentist. Try to have no tooth work done if you don't have to, for real. So I'm going to lace you with this idea. Don't just brush your teeth. Floss. I never really flossed before. I be flossing all the time now, fool. And oil pull. What is oil pulling? You take like a teaspoon of coconut oil. You put it in your mouth. And you swish it around for like 10 minutes. Not like quickly like you would with mouthwash. For like 10 minutes and then you spit it out into the toilet, and then you rinse your mouth out with warm water like three or four times, swishing it around, spit it out three or four times, swish it around, swish it around, spit it out, okay? Look up the benefits of oil pulling. You will be blown away. It really helps, but the main thing is is that coconut oil kills bacteria in your mouth. The other thing I do is I uh, rotate between coconut oil, and then for just a few seconds, like 20 or 30 seconds, uh, later, when I brush my teeth, I will um, use hydrogen peroxide. Hydrogen peroxide kills viruses. Coronavirus. Right? So use hydrogen peroxide, swish it around for like 30 seconds, and then spit it out. And then rinse your mouth out with a little bit of water. Because it, it tastes a little bleh. I don't like it. But I like it better than Dying. You are your own dentist. You are your own doctor. Your health is in your hands. Take it seriously. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, I'm telling you this right now, and my black ass could be dead in two weeks from the same damn virus I'm trying to coach you out of. So, finally, you know, I'm going to get into this interview with my man, Stefan Kesting from grapplearts.com. Okay? Stefan Kesting. Look him up on YouTube. A million different dope fight clips. This guy is a legend to me. I consider him a friend because I've been watching his videos forever. And, you know, we've talked on and off over the years. But, like, he's not like the homie we never even met. But I consider him a friend because he's taught me so much. Sometimes when I'm trying to do an omoplata, that's a shoulder lock done with the legs. um, I still hear him tell me how to do the position correctly. Right? So, he's also an EMT. And I have him on the show, and I interviewed him because I want to talk about reopening America. Right? What a lot of y'all don't know is that inside the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu world, there's kind of a civil war happening. And the civil war is about gyms that want to open up and train, and gyms that say, listen, we have to stay closed. Right? And it all comes down to this. I know there's a lot of people that are losing money and losing their gyms. I just saw a woman on IG crying about having to shut her gym and I know it hurts. I cannot pretend to not like it's it's painful. You know? It it, it doesn't feel good, you know? I'm supposed to be teaching at a college right now. Can't teach. Supposed to be just finishing. I thought I was going to be handing out some blue belts. I'm not, you know, and I miss my students. I miss doing stuff at Zaytuna College. I miss doing stuff at the UFC gym in San Bruno. You know what I'm saying? I miss Heroes Martial Arts. I miss going to train over with Danny Prokopos. I miss all of it, but I like staying alive. Listen to me right now. I don't care if the ghost of Count Coma opened a store I mean, open the school down the street, bro. If the ghost of Count Coma opened the school down the street, I ain't training right now. Tell the truth. If if your jujitsu school opened today, would you go roll? Nah, bro. Nah. And let me tell you something. I'm just being honest. If you would, I suggest you go, because this is natural selection. If you think that somehow you're immune to a virus that nobody even fully understands, go roll. Go roll. The thing that's blowing my mind is some of the smartest and best dudes in jiu-jitsu are the ones running out to do it. And it hurts my heart. Because pretty soon, if y'all don't listen and y'all force yourselves out there and start rolling, I'm going to be looking at your footage and be like, man, he was a great champion, wasn't he? Yeah, I don't know, bro. I mean, he's brilliant on the map, but he didn't respect the virus and now he's dead. So we just got to watch his instructionals. Rewind that. How'd he do it? I might sound like I'm being kind of an asshole, but I'm telling you, I want the best for the jiu-jitsu community, so I got Stefan Kesting on, and we're going to talk about reopening. Now, you might say, well, I don't care about jiu-jitsu, deece, bruh. You know what I'm saying? Well, okay, fine. If you like boxing, if you like uh, yoga, if you like CrossFit, if you just like to lift weights, right, 24-hour goals, whatever, you know what I'm saying, um... Physique Magnifique over in South San Francisco. You know what I'm saying? Like, all of this still applies. And so now we're going to listen to Stefan Kesting. Go to grapplearts.com. Learn jiu-jitsu. Learn how to train. Learn solo drills. And let's be smart together and keep this art going. All right? Check this out.
1: Yeah. You want to do this podcast uh, yes. on Instagram? Yes. All right. Cool. This is great. Ta-
0: all right, so I'm so recording weird, on my. End. All right, I'll,
1: I'll. Are you recording? Perfect, I'm recording, on your recording end? here. Yeah, I just I just turned it on. Perfect. Okay, so just explain the takeover here.
0: Okay, so basically, what's happening is I have a podcast called Bishop Chronicles, and I talk about jujitsu and hip hop, chess, like Machiavellian philosophy and Stoic stuff. It's very strange, uh, but it's fun, and you know, we talk about a lot of ideas and health and 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 fitness topics, you know, meditation, yoga, and things like that. And so I really wanted to talk with you. I've been watching a lot of stuff go go on about how the lockdown is affecting the jiu-jitsu community. I've seen some people open up, like the Rice Brothers here in California. They're in Northern California, up in Shasta County, kind of a little more rural. They've opened up. They have kids' classes, adult classes, etc. cetera. There's other people who are vehemently against it. You know what I mean? And um, I understand both sides of the argument right like you know if you just opened up a, a like i have a, i have a friend at heroes heroes martial arts in east san jose he literally was about a week away from his grand opening before the lockdown happened of horrendous timing. you know what i'm saying and then i think i saw gary tonin said he invested 30 grand in a school that he's got or something i mean there's no question we're feeling it right but, for sure
1: as, as is everyone, as is the poor bastard who opened or
0: uh, an ice cream: uh, shop. hair
1: salon, or the guy the woman who sank her life savings in a restaurant or, or whatever. I mean I, you can't the restaurants are making money with takeout, but that's not going to cut it here. No.
0: No. You know, so I wanted to kind of talk with you and see your thoughts on um, sure. the science and the ethics of where we are right now as a community. Okay. I mean, I'm I'm
1: following the science as best as I can. Uh, I've got uh, my, in my previous life, I was a biologist, so I've got a master's of biology. And in my current life, when I'm not doing grapple art stuff, I'm doing first responder stuff. I'm a, I'm a firefighter a captain. I've been doing that for twenty
0: years. Twenty years. Twenty years. Congratulations and thank you for just having that kind of heart. That takes a lot of courage, and it's beautiful. Thank you, seriously.
1: Uh, it's sure. Thank you. You're very welcome. But it's also fun. I mean, it, it uh, there's a lot of camaraderie there, and you get to do cool stuff that you don't get to do in real in regular life. And so it, it's, um, uh, I mean, it's it's a privilege, but it's 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 also because I like doing it. Right? If I if I didn't like doing it, life is short. I would have moved on. Uh, I would have moved on before. I mean, I, I I did quite a bit of biology. I didn't like working as a biologist, so, so I moved on. But I, I've taken that. Background in science and try to apply it to not doing research here. Although I have done uh, some a little bit of research related to uh, PPE, you know, in the fire department, we were we were doing because um, I'm up in Canada, and just like most places in the states, we're facing uh, an N95 mask shortage. Right, the, the PPE that's coming in, a lot of the PPE, a lot of the masks being sold are either uh, Chinese knockoffs. Well, they're they're either Chinese models, which don't meet our standards, or they're Chinese knockoffs of North American models, where people are just, you know, it's just like you can buy cheap, I don't know, Patagonia gear. That's not really Patagonia. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So we were uh, kind of a nice convergence of the three strains of my life, the biology, the firefighting, and then the hazardous materials response, which I'm pretty heavily involved in in the fire department, where we were setting up various decontamination methods, you know, trying to decontaminate masks with heat, trying to decontaminate masks with ozone. So we got some ozone generators and some ozone meters. And uh, I've been going on about this for, for months. And then just today on a preprint server, like literally this morning, I was looking over the, the preprint server. So these are really cool things that scientists are doing. If you and I do a study and I, we're doing a study of cell cultures or we're doing a statistical analysis of, I don't know, uh, COVID transmission patterns in northern Italy in early February. Normally, the publication process would be a super long thing. Right? You, we would write it up, and that would take a year, and then we'd submit it for review, and that would take a year. And They'd kick it back it or okay whatever. <laughs> right, right,
0: right. Oh, yeah, around, yeah,
1: yeah. Right. So what a lot of people are doing now is they're releasing it on these preprint servers. So it's good and bad. You get the research right away. But it's also not peer-reviewed. It's also not published. It could be crap.
0: Right. There could be holes in it. And and yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: initially, I mean,
1: for example, well, I'll get back to that in a second. Um, so just today on one of those preprint servers was a study out of Korea showing whether using ozone to successfully decontaminate N95 masks. And I'm pretty happy this came out because I've just um, been lobbying for this for two months and essentially forcing the department to spend money. Yeah, well, I mean... Uh, ozone kills everything else ozone kills mold bacteria fungi viruses every other virus
0: so why wouldn't it kill this um and uh do you know if ozone is injectable is ozone injectable can we try that can we do the ozone (laughs) maybe
1: (laughs) there are actually there is an ozone therapy where you breathe it in but you're breathing it in at super low levels, and I don't know how flaky it is. I didn't look into that. I mean, we're using ozone at, at toxic levels. <laughs> Your whole gloves are just like, I'm out. You would die. Yeah, it'd be, uh, it, yeah, you'd you'd be coughing up blood pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. so, um We are essentially creating a hazmat call and then mitigating the hazmat call. It, it's 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 kind of cool. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, I'm just going down a rabbit hole. Cause it has been on my brain.
0: <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's deep, man. That's, that's really deep. You know, I, um, you know, one of my friends who was a white belt, he was like, Jiu is over. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And he was like, well, you know, who's going to want to, you know, if, if they said it was okay, would you go do jujitsu right now? I mean, I wouldn't, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't think I would. Um, and then I was talking with another friend and I was like, I don't know, man. I wonder if jujitsu is over. And she was like, Wrestling's always been here. Judo's been here. You know, jujitsu will be here, but like, it, you know, how it's practiced will just change dramatically. And when I think about what might, uh, if you had to just brainstorm on what a, a, a post coronavirus jiu-jitsu gym might need, I don't think there's anything you can add. Could you? I don't, what could you do to the air?
1: Yeah. I uh, I think we're talking post corona or during corona cuz I mean for the uh I don't know if you're aware but I I got together with a doctor uh Chris Moriarty who who's a jiu-jitsu black belt and was a very active competitor. Now, I
0: remember him from the on the mat DVDs, tearing people apart.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's he's really wow, old school. <laughs> one of those on one of those on the mat VHS tapes, That's I think. That's right. That, uh, Shout out to Scotty and gum Go- yeah. Um, so he took the whitehouse.gov guidelines and and it basically adapted them to jiu-jitsu. So there's an initial phase where you're just figuring out what to do. That's phase one. And then the next phases are increasing amounts of, of contact. Essentially, phase two is uh, is solo drills separated by six or eight feet of space on dummies or on the floor with you know, temperature-taking protocols as you come in and... I mean, it really, honestly, that's a stopgap. That's just to get people back in the habit of coming to class, getting a bit of cardio, keeping the head in the game, maybe be able to see their friends. Right. But I can speak from experience, having to manage this at the fire hall, that that's tough. That's tough to manage, because people just want to go right back to that proximity, yeah, right? Like where yeah, it used to hang out.
0: Engage, right? It's like I didn't study all this how to engage to not engage. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. So that's that that phase is definitely a stopgap measure, and then. There's a phase in there where if, if the testing capability becomes possible, where you can be tested for active coronavirus, maybe you can spar a couple of times a week with people who've also been tested. Now, that, that's relying on something that isn't really very available right now. I, mean, I believe Los Angeles is just starting drive through testing like Korea had two months ago. I mean, South Korea had... What do you make of that? Like, testing. on a
0: sidebar, what do you think is the difference between a country like America and South Korea? And to be fair, I have no idea, honestly, what South Korea's no. like. There was a but guess... I, I'm just curious. What, what do they have going on sure. that we can't? I don't get it.
1: I heard a very good explanation. I'm trying to remember if it was on the Sam Harris podcast, making sense, or on the Joe Rogan podcast. I want to say it was on the Sam Harris podcast. And he basically said, look at the countries that are run by mathematicians or engineers, right? I mean, China, which is corrupt. Am I allowed to swear?
0: Lots of problems. You can, You can. I curse all the time.
1: It's, it's <laughs> free. Corrupt as fuck. Immoral and ineth- unethical and lying as fuck. N- no question there. But China did shut down its economy. And China is run by a bunch of engineers and people who can do math. And South Korea is run... And Singapore, these countries are run by people who, un- who can do math and can take a look at an exponential growth curve and go, "Oh, this doubles every three days."
0: Right. We've got
1: a huge problem here. As opposed to non-mathematically inclined people, go, "Well, there was there was ten last week. That's nothing in a country. And then a few days ago there was twenty, and that's still nothing. Like we're, we're pretty soon it'll be million.
0: gone. It'll be gone. Corona's almost over."
1: Yeah. <sighs> well I, I, the 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 math okay understanding the dangers of exponential growth is is tricky it's not intuitive it's not how we think right i mean if 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 we're out walking around and we see one dog on one block and then the next block we see two dogs you and i are probably going to think well next block we'll see two or three dogs we're not thinking exponential we're not thinking the next block we're going to see four I... and the next block we're going to see eight and the next block we're going to see uh, 16 but uh, biologists and virologists and epidemiologists and mathematicians see, uh, see exponential growth. So that's one possible explanation why South Korea, it's also right next door to them, went, holy crap, we better take action and take action hard. Uh, I, I don't know. But that was one explanation I heard that I thought was a pretty good one. No, uh, that I'll makes get, sense. That, that seems reasonable to me.
0: No, that, so that totally makes sense. To get.
1: I mean, I'm speculating here, and I don't know. I want to be super clear about that. I respect. Um, now, here's, a, here's yeah. We just need to be cl- need to be clear about what we're speculating about and what we're stating as fact.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, that that's important. I I, I respect that. The, the the old school journalist in me appreciates that that spirit in you. Um, you know, the the other thing that I was thinking about, just as a jujitsu nerd, is does that mean that gi or no gi would be any more or less safe than the other?
1: Oh, I obviously we don't know. Um, I I would imagine that the differences between gi and no gi would be so minimal. Yeah, um, I can't imagine. The, the, I think the main thing is is going to be, and I there's no math to back this up, uh, is the size of your training circle, right? I mean, I could see a day, in a month or two, like okay, the, to go back to the guidelines that Dr. Chris Moriarty put out and that I published at GrappleArts.com/slash opening up BJJ, all one word, or if you look for like guidelines to open BJJ school during COVID pandemic, you'll find it. Um, it really depends on the the dynamics of COVID in your jurisdiction, in your state, or maybe in your county, or maybe in your larger metropolitan area. There's a big, big difference between the additional cases going up, the daily new cases going up, or If they've increased testing hugely, obviously the cases are going to be going up because they're testing more. The percentage of positive tests going up, right? If if they're testing more and they're finding more cases, but as an overall over the last two weeks, the percentage of tests have been going down, this is a good thing. This means we can get a little bit open. Maybe we can open a school and just do solo drilling. If that continues on for another couple of weeks, maybe we can open a school to tested partner drilling. If that goes on for a while longer and there's no more transmission in the community, where well, there's still active cases, there's still right, people right, right, who are sick right, right, in the hospital, right, right. but there's no more transmission that they, they can't account for, uh, then maybe it's okay to start cautious sparring for the people who are not old, who are not fat, who are not diabetic, who are not immunocompromised, who don't have people like that living with them, and then eventually you get to stage, to phase six, all this is laid out on that on that document, where where, you can let their healthcare workers back in the front. Like, the doctors are telling you not to train. They're going to get screwed the hardest here because if they're busy taking care of patients in the COVID ward, they can't come and train. The odds of them having gotten infected, they're going to suffer the worst in this. So so that if those guidelines are there, I'm actually going to... I'm planning on going live with Chris tomorrow. I think we're looking at... I'm going to send out an email to my list. I believe we're going... Nine o'clock Eastern, six o'clock six p.m. Pacific on my Facebook page. That's the plan, um, where people can ask questions and we'll we'll give feedback. So that's
0: great, man. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. Uh, so, but
1: it's like that's obviously the not the post COVID era. That's the during COVID era, right? Where we're, um, like the right here, right now, the next couple of months, unless everything goes for, a, well, including if everything goes for a giant shit show in the States. And it could, right? We, we're we doing a whole bunch of experiments now. Canada's doing 10 different experiments. There's 10 provinces, 2 territories, 3 territories actually. They're all doing their own variation of this. 50 states, a bunch of territories. Everyone's doing it slightly different. Sweden's doing one thing, Norway's doing another. It'll be clear, you know, maybe what applies to Sweden applies here, maybe it doesn't. We don't know. Uh, I've got my own theories there as to what could be going on, but... I don't know. Neither does anybody else.
0: Right. And we all have to kind of wait. Which which brings me to somewhat of an ethical thing, I guess falls under ethics, is this is this can, this is what comes down to for me. So the guy like I said, Rice Brothers up in Shasta County, not San Jose, right? Not San Francisco or Oakland. They're they're a ways out and apparently they don't have a lot of cases up there. And I see him doing it and I'm looking at him and I'm just like, dude, if one person gets it, was the opening worth it, right? Like, that was the thing. And I'm just like, dude, that scares me. Like, it's not about how I feel about the lockdown or don't, but I was like, okay, so then I see, you know, Tone and totally understand, especially if you just put 30 grand into a school and every, you know, not to mention your own time and personal hours of sacrifice. I totally get it, right? But I'm just like, it appears to me, right and i'm not judging any of them everybody's free to do it what they want this is america and everybody's responsible for themselves i believe in that but 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 the thing i'm i'm saying is okay people always talk about the philosophy of jiu jitsu about patience and things like that you know at, at Gracie Academy they have a shirt that says paciencia you know lose this lose everything and i'm like how is it that so many people in jiu jitsu have been learning an art that's supposed to teach you patience are risking themselves and the art and their students and each other with impatience. That's just what it feels like. And I, I I'm conflicted about that. Yeah. I don't
1: really see it I mean, I've done risky things in my life. Right? I Clearly. mean I've, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. uh, I've trained jujitsu. <laughs> right. And uh, I mean last last summer, you know, thousand miles solo canoe trip upriver in the Arctic, ending up in polar bear country by myself. People would see that unbelievable, as
0: unbelievable, bro. It still trips me out. You're an amazing guy, man. You uh, please tell me you're going to do a autobiography of some sort.
1: I mean, I, I, I'm working on it. I'm working. On it. I've got a, I've got two books that I'm working on. The first is a jiu jitsu book with Brandon Mullins. I got the uh, nice the, the um, and then after that, I'm probably going to do a book on that trip. But my but my point is, there's a there's a fundamental difference there. Really, if I go out there and I get I drown in a rapid. I die of hypothermia because I flip in a lake or I get eaten by a polar bear. Yes, my family my family suffers, but ultimately I'm putting one life at risk, right? I'm not risking an unknown number of other lives. It's not strictly true because, of course, a helicopter coming in to rescue me could crash in the storm and die. It, it's not that cut and dried, but most of the risk is on me. And so the... Uh, uh, somebody just commented he reenacted Deliverance but played all the parts himself. It's hard to think of how I would play that one most famous scene in Deliverance. I hope, yeah. Uh, but um, I had a shotgun, not a crossbow or not a bow and arrow. Um, but let's let's move on from that because that's that's a pretty disturbing image. Uh, so the. Um, uh,
0: Paddling, right? So, so the the to difference is the... it's
1: risk. It's risk to me right. mostly. There is some risk to the rest potential rescuer, but it's mostly risk to me. If I'm a twenty year old guy, and I go and I get I get the COVID, the odds of me dying myself are pretty slim. I mean, there there we don't know yet. There could be all kinds of long lasting effects on the lungs and on your VO two max, and on neurological issues. And for younger people, it often presents as a stroke or a heart attack, but realistically, it's a reasonably small chance, and I might be willing to take that as a young guy. Uh, but I'm not just putting myself at risk. I'm putting my training partners at risk. I'm putting that old guy who lo- really loves jiu-jitsu, who's coming to train. I'm putting him at risk because now he's, like, under pressure. But that he, that's his fault. He, he should decide to not come. Okay, I, I understand that. What about my mom when I go visit my mom? What about my uncle who's immunocompromised? Uh what about that little old lady at the grocery store when I'm infectious but not symptomatic? I, don't, I feel 100% fine, but I've got a very high viral load, and I touch some grapes, and then I decide to take the next grapes, and, and she takes them and eats them, and she dies. You never met her. You don't know who she is. And, and then finally, uh, I think we have a duty to society as well. I mean, I was thinking about this today. Uh, during the Blitz, during the Blitz, when the Germans were bombing the shit out of London, there was a blackout, right? There was a blackout, and you had to not have lights on. You had to have black curtains across all your windows. Otherwise, the German bombers would have been able to find
0: Where you were, the cities get busy, and, yeah.
1: And, yeah, and probably not hit you, probably hit your neighbor, because they weren't that accurate. So then, if we go back there, and I start saying, freedom, freedom, I got the freedom. To have a bonfire in my yard, I got a freedom to have all my lights on. I got a freedom to have searchlights on. I got a freedom to not have drapes. Right. You you do, but under the current circumstances, there, there's different levels. Of, you know, your freedom. What is that saying? Your freedom to swing your fist ends where my nose begins. You can you can swing your fist all you want, but as soon as you start hitting me, man, we got to talk about your freedoms. Yeah. You're you might have. I I don't know where you are. California, you got a right to go. To, to, <laughs> okay, so you got a right to have a rifle and go shoot that rifle. I, 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 I own handguns. Well, I don't own handguns. I do own right, firearms. Right. You got a right to go fire it. You don't have a right to go fire it down the middle of the street, even though you think you're a pretty good shot and can probably hit that telephone pole. And you're not going to hit. No, you don't have that right. So that's your your right to own a firearm, and to shoot it, is being to infringe on my right to be enjoying a nice peaceful dinner on my porch and not be worried about bullets going by my nose so we, we deal with these it's a false dichotomy to say freedom and freedom means do whatever the fuck you want no it doesn't it means we got to balance your freedom to do what you want to do with everybody else's freedoms and everybody else's sorry your rights with everybody else's rights and so I think as a society yeah I mean I don't have the well I do have something to say on the business end of things at a at a first level, at a f- first perspective, it would suck to have sank thirty k into a business and now all of a sudden not be allowed to make money off of that. That that it's a horrendous situation, and I truly feel. And I I think jujitsu isn't alone. Every like look at Gold Gym just went under. All those personal trainers got so sad, got man. Stiffed. Yeah. It. Um, what about other people who used to work for Mar- Marcus Neiman? What about the people who work? You know it. it it's every, a lot of people are suffering here.
0: It's an ugly time across the board.
1: But if we don't get our shit together, like, and certainly this whole jobs versus lives, this economy versus lives dichotomy that's being presented as a simple one or the other, I don't think is correct. Because let's say that we decide economy. We're going to go economy. Nothing but economy. Jobs, jobs, jobs do whatever the fuck you want to open up your business, make money. Right. And, and we start getting back to normal and then COVID explodes 10 times worse. And we, instead of having one New York city and one New Jersey, we've got 50 New York cities and 50 New Jersey's. Now we've got to close again. And now we've taken what could have been uh, two months of pain and spread it out over a year. And I the know. economic effects of that are going to be bigger than the there, there are no good answers here. And anyone know. who says, and they're all painful, this is the right?
0: They're all painful, man. You know what I mean? And it's like, my heart's with everybody. I wish I could train. I do. But, you mm. know, I'm also someone who's immunocompromised. So it, I swear, um, if Hodger Gracie started a school on my corner, I couldn't go. You know what I mean? I wouldn't go. Not right now. You know, I got, I got to wait. I got to make sure the vaccines work. I got to make sure there aren't several new mutations. I got to... Make sure, maybe you know, maybe you guys don't clean up the way that I feel like I need you to clean up. You know what I'm saying? Like all that stuff matters, man. All that stuff matters, man. You know? Thank you so much for sitting with me and sharing time. I really appreciate your wisdom, your experience. You, you truly. I mean, um, I remember when when your Alma Plata tapes came out. You know what I mean? And
1: how? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got them behind me here somewhere. The actual physical VHS tapes. It's
0: like me. Uh, my friend Leo and my boy uh, Billy Ray and we would we would hook up at, at somebody's house and we each, I think we each had uh, a copy or we were rotating oh, and something was going on Don't lie to we
1: me, did. No, no, come on no, because,
0: because we we became friends later Do you see what I'm saying? Like we we would have had our own before we knew each other kind of a thing And so what I'm saying is <laughs> what I'm saying is um, um, we drilled that all the time man, you know what I mean? And I think about um I've never tried an normal plate and not tried to listen to you, tell me how to fix it, you know. And um, and and you know, all the other series that you've done, all of the stuff that you've done uh, on YouTube, is is impressive, bro. It's impressive, and it's 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 funny how connected we feel to each other through jujitsu. You know, when you remember that one technique from that guy, and you remember a, a move from a fight from that guy, you know what I mean. You don't really feel. Your 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 influence, but I can just tell you, I know you already know, but you have definitely influenced me, my understanding, and I appreciate you uh, in this God, crazy God help time all of to, you. to share that wisdom.
1: <laughs> uh, well, I'll make, I'll, I'll hijack your platform here for a second. For any of the guys who who listen to you, or are listening to this on Instagram, uh, if you do jujitsu, obviously during this time of COVID, you can't train, or I don't think you should train. And uh, that that's my opinion. And I think there's some pretty good science there and there's the the preponderance of evidence is there, unless you're listening to, you know, some crazy conspiracy shit. Or or you're totally or you're totally selfish and the only thing you care about is yourself. Uh so if you're not training jujitsu right now, if you just email the person I have helping me, support at grapplearts.com and ask for any of my instructionals, any one instructional per person. Uh, we're giving them away. We're giving away one instructional and we've given away, I think 10,000 of them. Like it's, it's a lot that we've, and it's when I first came out with this, we just got hammered with, uh, with requests. And we were like, I had four people <laughs> working for me at that time, just uh, giving out instructionals. So that is an offer that's, that's genuine. It's still there. If you're not training because of COVID, shoot me an email, uh, support at grapplearts.com or use the contact form on grapplearts.com and uh, and we'll send you an instructional. If you're brand new to jujitsu and you've, you've just heard about this and you're wondering what all this pajama wrestling's about, I'd suggest getting the roadmap for BJJ or maybe the BJJ formula. Those would be two great places to start. And um, you start getting the sense of why so many people are so obsessed by this, yourself, myself, um, and uh, why it's a, it's a lifelong sport. And just one more thing, I'm kind of hijacking you here, dude. It's your platform, uh,
0: but do do you, man? I'm 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 just grateful to hear you for real. Go ahead.
1: I think if you how, so, you've been doing jujitsu for how many years? I started in
0: like 2000.
1: Okay, have you had any layoffs over the last 20 years?
0: Me personally, like.
1: Yeah, yeah, injuries or life oh, circumstances. Psst,
0: psst. Yeah, I'm the king of layoffs, probably.
1: Okay, okay. Me too, right? Like, I've, I've had injuries. <laughs> Jiu-jitsu training is one of the best kinds of training that you can get to deal with shit like that because you're, you're getting gra- To quote Brandon Mullins, uh, is like, you're, if you're stuck on the bottom of a mount and the guy's got one hand in on your collar and he's beginning to grind I... your face to get the second hand in to choke the crap out of you, you know what you need to do. There's a technique. You know what to do. It might not work but you know what you need to do. So do it. Uh, and so jiu-jitsu teaches you that perseverance, like, I think I'm fucked, but I
0: think maybe I can get out of I here. Think I think there's just enough. I got like an inch and a half a hip, I can just get there. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like,
1: uh, maybe I... And sometimes succeeding is just not tapping for another 30 seconds, right? It, real. It, and that's fine. Um, and that'll get you through this era of covid as well right like by training jujitsu you've made yourself a tougher person you've made yourself a more resilient person you've increased your emotional and endurance your emotional endurance like when you're rolling and you're like man this guy's freaking slaughtering me and i'm tapping out again all right let's let's see if i can pass his spider guard oh shit right sweat spider guard <laughs> another <again>. triangle
0: <laughs> you know what i'm saying another
1: triangle yeah Tap out again by going back and back and back and back, like Charlie Brown. I'm gonna, you're old, I'm old. Like Charlie Brown going back to kick the football again, you're developing emotional, you're developing physical endurance, but you're also developing emotional and mental endurance. And emotional and mental endurance is, I mean, without that, you're not gonna achieve anything. We all know people who are super physically gifted and have squandered it by not having so many
0: different ways right so many ways no it's true dude no it's true and I think that you know um jiu-jitsu was instrumental in my maintenance I was super depressed you know I was I was really like on some suicidal shit for a minute you know what I mean and I and I and I beat it uh with with therapy with friends with with family you know what I'm saying with meditation with 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 prayer, jujitsu, I needed everything, you know, codependence, anonymous, everything, you know what I'm saying? Um, And, 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 and I'm still on it, you know what I mean? And I plan to stay on it because it's healthy for me. But, you know, like, I mean, I knew about philosophy in general, like, you know, Greek philosophy and stuff like that. But, you know, I I don't, I don't think I would have come, come across, you know, what it was is uh, Abraham Marte taught me about stoicism, you know?
1: And I don't know who Abraham Marte is, but I do know about stoicism.
0: He's, a, he's, a, he's out of Dominican Republic. Really good, really good black belt, crazy guard. You know what I mean? Like one of the bigger, more dynamic guard players. You know what I mean? I always love those guys. Um, and so, you know, he, he was in San Jose. He was at Heroes Martial Arts. You know what I'm saying? Again, shout out to Gumby. And, um, and he was, I was supposed to go to the seminar, but I wasn't able because, you know, she just bounced on me. Stuff was crazy, bro. And uh, he he sent me a text. He was like, where are you? You know what I'm saying? I thought we were going to kick it. And I was like, it's all bad, bro. She bounced. You know what I'm saying? I, I know I said I was going to come down. And he just started talking to me about stoicism, you know what I'm saying? And, and it really helped me. Um, and that led me to studying stoicism, like taking some online courses and, you know, really getting into the books and, and, and using it as a practice, you know, adding it into, you know, the, the way that it cross references with a lot of like kind of quiet jujitsu, you know. Uh, Thoughts and whatnot. It was really good for me. It was really good for me. Jiu-jitsu helped me immensely.
1: There's a concept that I've learned in business, actually, that I've used for jiu-jitsu, that I use for research, that I use for for relationships. And it's the idea of short-term pessimism and long-term optimism, right? Most of the things you're going to try in jiu-jitsu aren't going to work. I'm going to – you and I are rolling – I'm going to try the over-under pass, and guess what? I try it three times, and you shut it down. So I'm pessimistic about any one thing working. Yeah, I mean, I've got to commit to it, obviously, but I go into it at some level knowing, like, man, there's going to be a battle. Probably the first thing I try isn't going to work. Probably the second thing I try isn't going to work. Probably the third thing I try isn't going to work. Maybe the fourth thing will, tr- will work, right? So that's short-term pessimism. You could be going, Stefan, you're so negative. You don't think your first attack will work. Well, it's pessimistic on the short term, it's optimistic on the long term. Uh, when I uh, started talking about the whole COVID thing, say on my Facebook, um, there was a ton of talk about hydroxychloroquine and this might sound like a digression. And I started looking at the actual research that was being done and being published. And it became evident pretty quickly that at the time, there weren't really any good randomized double-blind clinical studies. So. Without that, you re- for a whole bunch of reasons you can't really tell if something's working. Like the idea of yeah, it, it's it's and it sucks. You want to know, but just that some doctor gave somebody a pill and thinks that it worked. That's not really admissible. That that's not doesn't tell you anything because every homeopath who's ever cured cancer with tincture of arnica thinks the same thing, and and if if you think you have cancer and I give you a tincture of Arnica and it, it's you're the, it, I mean, it, let's face it it's water uh, it might actually help you because every study that's ever looked for a placebo effect has found one so that's why you need a randomized double-blind clinical trial I don't want to go down that whole rabbit hole but I was saying, like, look, I hope hydroxychloroquine works I believe my quote was something like I don't care if it's Donald Trump I don't care if it's Bernie Sanders. I hope it works. But the data doesn't exist yet to say that it does. And I literally got death threats from that. And like, dude, if Trump, if your brother was in the desert dying of thirst and Trump was giving him a glass of water, you'd smash that glass of water out of his hand. It's like, no. No, it's just, you know that if... Short-term pessimism, most of the things they try to cure this, to fix this, to mitigate this, are going to fail. and But long-term optimism, I think they'll find something. We'll get to it.
0: Once again, man, not just thank you for being on, on Bishop Chronicles on virtually no notice, but, but thank you for all your contributions mm-hmm. to jiu-jitsu and for jiu-jitsu, the ones we know about and the ones we don't, man, because I know this has not been easy. I know it hasn't. So thank you, truly.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's this is a, a dreadful time for jiu-jitsu, I think, on the medium to long-term scale, we'll get, to go back to one of your first questions, we will get back to normal. We'll do everything the same. Whether that's, uh, I I think, if that's by a dreadful process of very, very painful herd immunity, where lots and lots and lots of people are dying and lots and lots of hospitals get overrun, and we have scenes like what was happening in Milan and in New York City, and now a little bit in Quebec in Montreal, the city I used to live in here in Canada, um if we start having that in Dallas and Santa Clara, and here and there, I think it'll be a longer time to get back to jiu Jitsu. but if we uh if we can figure out if we can suppress this thing and if it dies away in summer, we don't know, maybe it dies away in summer we can get a vaccine happening, we can get some kind of prophylactic treatment happening. Uh, once it's cured, and we'll call that more peacefully, I think we'll get right back to jiu-jitsu. I mean, there's going to be a huge backlog. I don't think people who haven't trained in years will want to get back into it. Uh, yeah. it's it's, uh, And a lot of people, you really use it as a major stress relief, as a way to give meaning in life, as a way to get social connection in life. For sure. For sure. Um and I, I, we'll get back to it.
0: Yeah. All right, man. Thanks again. Teacher, what's star you. is that? Don't think, don't think. You now right? You've to learn.